0: This is Wealth Curve Talk with John L. Smallwood, Certified Financial Planner and President of Smallwood Wealth Management. With more than 30 years of experience in helping people with wealth management, financial planning, business ownership, estate planning, insurance, and more, John's here to share the news you can use to improve your financial confidence. Now, best-selling author and six-time five-star Wealth Manager Award winner, John L. Smallwood hello this is john smallwood today we're going to be talking about the impact of taxation on your wealth plan and taxes as we've discussed numerous times over and over again is the greatest destructor of wealth in your entire wealth plan taxes are constantly biting at you they're constantly taking your wealth away from you it's destroying the compounding it is a Major thing that we need to understand its impact on the plan, and I believe it's one of the most misunderstood points. When you when we're talking about planning and wealth creation, there's a tremendous amount of focus on internal cost of funds, which is very very important. But it's the tax strategy that we believe is significantly more important to creating and maintaining and really effectively growing wealth. So when I say this, what's important is that if you think about, if you have a hundred thousand dollars invested and you happen to make a 10% fully taxable return, let's assume for a second that it's interest, but it's where can you get 10% interest? Everybody think about it, but just want you to get the concept. Okay. And that, in theory, that would, on $100,000, that would give you $10,000 worth of interest. And if you were in the top federal bracket today of 37%, that would take a bite out of your return of 37%. And if you live in you know, a high-tax state, that could take another 5 to 10%, depending on the state that you're in. And then Medicare tax, if your income is above a certain level, that could take another 3.8%. So, when you think about compounding of wealth, if you had that 10% return taxable and you had $3,700 worth of taxes plus state plus the Medicare tax, you're losing almost 40% of that return, if not more, to the taxation. So, what happens is when you start to think about wealth creation, as you compound your wealth, which is what we've been taught, is the good news is compound interest is going to solve all of our problems. But what we don't talk about is compound taxation, right? So as the wealth is compounding, the following year, the taxes are higher and the following year, the taxes are higher. And if we go into a higher tax bracket and your strategy is exposing a lot of your wealth and earned income and or investment income to taxation, that's going to hurt your potential for the return. So one of the things that I think is really important is that... When we do our client intakes, we, we bring on a new client. We ask in our wealth curve conversation. So let's talk about taxation. How much tax do you pay? And there's like crickets on the other end of the, <laughs> of the phone. Okay. And that's normal because we don't really, it's something that we don't spend a lot of time on. But what's interesting is we don't really gather or understand what that tax is and where it's coming from. Okay. And we don't understand what the relationship of the tax brackets and the type of income and other things in my plan, because everything, everything in your plan comes together on the tax return. And then our accountants basically come up with the tax number and says, okay, you owe X percentage. Then we write a check. And there's not a lot of planning that goes on in that. So one of the keys is really getting a very good understanding of your current tax picture. How well are you maximizing the current tax benefits that we have associated with it or the the tax law? If you're self-employed, are you fully benefiting from qualified business income deduction known as 199A? Um, Are you taking advantage as a real estate uh, investor? Are you receiving the income and getting as much qualified income deduction as you possibly can above your depreciation have you looked at your 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 building and and the depreciation schedules that you're taking did you benefit from accelerated depreciation are you taking as a corporate investor who you know corporate employee who has stock options how are the stock options coming in what kind of tax are they creating in your plan what are you doing with other things in your plan to help offset that tax or minimize the effect of the compounding taxation? So, you know, this is the point where most people go to sleep, you know, because the tax gets to a point where it's, oh, I don't want to deal with it. But I really believe that if you focus on where you are right now, what did we pay for 2020? A lot of people just finished their tax returns, you know, late October as we're recording this. Um, you're really getting a good picture. How much does the 2021 compare to the 20? And you need to understand what level of deductions were you taking? What's going on in the business? This is especially important for business owners in a lot of states. There's a tax law that as a pass-through entity, an S corporation, a partnership, an LLC that's taxed like a partnership as opposed to a single member, there's the ability to pay your state-level taxes from the corporation. In New Jersey, it's called the bait tax, B-A-I-T, that if you had $100,000 worth of taxable income at the business level, and you were able to make this bait payment of, let's say, $10,000, Instead of paying tax on your federal return of 100,000, you would pay tax on 90,000. So it's a significant benefit. And these are things that when you come through a wealth management plan, when you're talking about creating a plan, since taxes are the greatest destructor of wealth, first thing is how much tax did you pay? Secondly, you know, how do we benefit from the current tax laws? Are we organized properly? And what can we put in play to maximize the current tax benefits? And then looking forward, what's the best way for us to really visualize the impact of, you know, potential future taxation on the plan? Because if these tax laws change the way they're being promoted, that they're going to change it's gonna have a significant impact. We recorded a um, webinar recently, we had a high level person on from one of the large financial institutions who was giving us a state of the economy. And he's basically stated that you're gonna have to get used to paying a little higher taxes and you're gonna have to get used to a little bit of higher inflation. So my takeaway or my comment was, so basically we're gonna have less money as consumers to Save and invest. You know, what's going to be the thing that breaks down in your plan? What's going to stop first? Okay. So as we move into this plan, if you don't know what you paid in tax and you don't know, so let's let's assume this. So we go through, you organize where all the income came from. Earned income, asset income, dividend stocks, rental income, Uh, tax refunds, pension income, social security, whatever the income streams are, where did it come from? What showed up on my tax return? What did I pay? What was the tax that I paid? Did I benefit from all the deductions that I had possible in my personal plan plus my corporate plan? And what things should I put in place right now before the end of the year to lower 2021 taxes? It's important that we do that because if we have fully maximized those benefits, when this tax law changes, we start to think about how are we going to react and how are we going to replan and how are we going to rethink these tax planning ideas? One of the things that I want to talk about is consistently there's been a conversation of itemized deductions. And when you think about itemized deductions – on your plan the big argument has been the reduction of what's known as salt tax state and local income taxes so that's your real estate taxes that's your you know state level income taxes the local taxes depending upon what state you're in and that's limited or capped at ten thousand dollars and then the next deduction where the previous one's going to be medical expenses which we don't want but if you have them they're there but mortgage interest is your next one and then you have charitable contributions and then you have other deductions, which very hard, there's a small amount of information going there. But if itemized deductions, most people that you're looking at, and you should know this, did you take itemized deductions over the last two years or did you take the standard deduction? And what the conversation has been within the standard deduction, it's been high for married couples over 24500 is because of the $10,000 cap, And of the SALT deduction and mortgage interest, let's say your mortgage interest is 10,000, so now you're only getting 20, right off the bat, you went to the standard deduction. And then you gotta think about it is, a lot of people came up with the idea, should I pay off my mortgage because I'm not benefiting from the deduction? And that's in the moment that is 100% correct. Not to argue that the cost of money is the lowest it's ever been, meaning the interest rates are extremely low, but how will that deduction work in the future? And will they limit or minimize the itemized deduction? So somebody that lives in a high tax state might have 25 dollars $30,000 worth of state and local income taxes plus mortgage interest. That deduction will be more valuable if they repeal the SALT tax deduction in the up and coming pieces. So my point is a good plan is going to understand where the current taxes. And then you have to look at where are the assets that you've accumulated? Are they in deferred assets that you're deferring, um, a significant amount of money to a future tax bracket, like such as your 401k, um, within your 401k there's 401 Roth, which is pay the tax. Now grow without taxation, get tax-free income later. But, many people that we've encountered over the 30 plus years of me doing this is that their assets and the majority of their assets are in retirement plans and that those are deferred and rising taxes will hurt those plans meaning if i have i'm going to use this very simply i've six i'm successful i've accumulated a million dollars in my retirement plan and I'm gonna take out a $50,000 or 5% withdrawal, which is high, but I'm just gonna say, let's just assume that for simple math. If my effective tax bracket or average tax bracket is 20%, that means I have $10,000 in tax. So now I've got $40,000 left to enjoy federally. If that bracket goes up to 25, you now have substantially more taxes on that same distribution, you have 12,500 of taxes. So now instead of having 40,000, you got 37,500 or so of leftover capital, right? So that puts a crimp on your plan. If that tax rate goes up significantly greater than that, you could have some issues, okay? Then you have the compounding effect of, not to play on those words, but you have the compounding effect of, of inflation. So if inflation is 4 or 5% where we're used to 2 or 3%, that means you're getting, not only do you have less money to go to the grocery store with, you're getting out of the grocery store with less food, which could be good for some of us, just joking. But um, it, it is, what the concern is, if that's where all my money is, and they raise taxes and they raise inflation, now in order to have the same level of lifestyle, I have to raise my distribution rate to maybe 55 or 6%, Now I'm on a short course of potentially running out of money during retirement because my distribution rate has become higher. So this is the thinking that I want you to have is everything in the plan has an equal and opposite reaction. You know, when something happens, something else is going on somewhere else. And I think it's really, really important that we understand where we are from a current taxation perspective. And I'm going to make an assumption for a second that, you don't know what your taxes that you've been paying are really and what the sources that are creating that tax are. And that exercise in itself is probably one of the greatest things that you can do so that you're prepared to take advantage of the next layer of taxation, or more importantly, let's say nothing changes, which is the goal. Okay. And you're in this low environment of current taxation can you accumulate more wealth because you're paying less taxes if you know if you can drop your tax bite on that 10,000 from $4,000 that as i was talking about earlier down to $3,000 that's a significant savings right of the taxes but it's also like 10% of the total investment you know the actual interest earned so that's a significant bite right so these are thinking points what I want to get you thinking about is the less tax I pay, the more wealth I should have in the future. And if I'm having tax control strategies and flexibility moving forward, as certain tax rates go up, if I have money in different buckets and different types of taxable vehicles, I have what we call tax flexibility, which is, if you think about it as an example, Every financial product has unique tax benefits associated with it, such as an IRA or 401k plan. You know, that's don't pay the tax today, defer it till tomorrow. And then when you take it out, it's taxed in the future. But then you have the Roth 401k or the Roth IRA, which is pay the tax today, grow without taxation. And in the future, that's all tax-free income. And then you have annuity taxation, you have life insurance taxation, you have mutual funds and ETFs and exchange traded funds and stocks. And there's all different types of taxation on those vehicles, which if you have tax control, which means I might wanna take more tax in one area and take less income from another area during high tax periods. And these are things that you wanna have the balance in the plan. And that's what I keep coming back to always is having the balance. We, as always in the plan, And in the planning, you know, taxes are such an important part. So in the Wealth Curve conversation and a regular review and an ongoing review of the plan, we're reviewing to make sure that the tax strategies that we put in play are actually working in your plan. So I appreciate you being on today and listening to me rant about taxation, but it's such an important thing. And I, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to start to see more and more potential you know, how we need to brace ourselves moving into the next couple of, you know, the next few years here, why we're in a high tax bracket. So I'm assuming that you're going to have questions. I'm assuming that if you're listening to this, you probably need help or want help. And and there's a couple of ways to get started. And you can go to our website at smallwoodassociates.com or smallwoodwealthmanagement.com. And on there, there's a podcast. We have A free, no obligation, wealth curve conversation, which is probably the best thing that you can do right out of the gate, which you get with one of our advisors, could be me, could be Ed, could be another advisor, where we're going to walk through and understand the current plan and understand where you are and answer a lot of questions and concerns that you possibly have. Um, you can request a free copy of our book. There's a lot of resources there for you to take advantage of and get scheduled with and to move forward and to learn more about the firm and learn more about the services. We have a tremendous amount of content there. There's multiple podcasts, there's webinars going on on a weekly basis. You know there's things that can you can really benefit from. So those offers are available to you um, and they're there for you to take advantage of and consume. Thank you. Want weekly lessons from John? Hit the subscribe button now. And thanks for listening to Wealth Curve Talk.
1: Talk with John L. Smallwood is brought to you by Smallwood Wealth Management, an investment advisor representative. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone and the information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action as information and or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Smallwood Wealth Management provides content that is true and accurate as of the date of publishing. However, we give no assurance or warranty regarding the accuracy, timeliness, or applicability of any of the contents. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this website or podcast and disclaim all liability in respect of such information, including, but not limited limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading or defamatory statements.